Hello students, parents, community members, and listeners far and wide, and welcome to another episode of Northern Lives. My name is Dallin. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. The new school year has officially begun, and we want to welcome all of our students and staff back to school and congratulate parents on One More Summer Survived. So far on our podcast, we've spoken to alumni, school board trustees, current students, and division office staff, but we haven't had the chance to actually speak with any teachers or principals yet until today, because today we're learning about what makes a teacher or administrator successful, what kinds of challenges new teachers face, and how the division helps them overcome these challenges, as well as how much the school division has changed over the years. We're starting our podcast today out in Glendon School with Brittany Norton, who has just begun your second year of teaching, right? Yes. So can you tell me a little bit about how you ended up at Glendon? Well, um, as anybody who has tried to enter teaching in Calgary or Edmonton knows, it's very difficult. Mm -hmm. And I actually have family um, living up here, and I have family members who work in the division. And so when I was looking at options, uh, this division, Northern Lights Public Schools, was uh, a pretty high priority on my list. And even at the career fairs at the university, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I would visit. And and I'd always kind of been interested uh, in coming this direction. And then... Just through looking at job postings, uh, Glendon was there, and I interviewed. And, uh, you know, I had interviewed in other divisions Mm -hmm. and uh, gotten job offers, but nothing quite felt right yet. Mm -hmm. And uh, as soon as I had my interview with Glendon, after it was over, I was... I was very hopeful that I would get the position because the interview went so well mm-hmm. and uh, it just felt right. And I got the job offer very soon after and I knew even before the interview was over that if I got offered, I would be coming up here. So so you'd been to the area before. It wasn't like a totally brand new thing for you. Uh, I've been to Lac La Biche. Okay. Uh, haven't been up through Bonneville, hadn't been through Glendon um, or this area, but... I was up for the adventure. I knew that I was going to be venturing out of the city. Mm-hmm. So. Well, if you haven't been to Vonneville, you probably haven't been to Glendon. So that, yeah. makes, <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so for people like myself and other people who might be listening who aren't teachers, what kind of things go through your mind as a brand new teacher when you're first, you know, you come into your school, you're brand new, you're excited, but what kind of things are on your mind? Uh a lot of panic thoughts or a lot of anxiety actually um to be honest i can't even i don't even know where my mind was at for those first uh few weeks because you're just so overwhelmed with the teaching aspect uh, the aspect of being in a brand new community a brand new school not knowing anybody so Mm -hmm. it's a lot of anxiety and a lot of I don't like just a lot of racing, panicky thoughts, to be honest. There is the excitement, of course, of starting a new career. Right. But yeah, just as much as you're excited, you're also very anxious. Mm-hmm. Now, what subjects do you teach here in Glennon? Um, for the most part, I teach high school humanities. Okay. So I do uh, grade 9 to 12. I do English and social, um, various grades depending on the semester and year. And then I also do some electives. So kind of just depending on what's assigned. But I've done mm-hmm. drama and I'm doing photography this year. So Oh, very cool. Yeah. That's fun. So you, you come, you're a brand new teacher. Like you said, you got lots of panicked thoughts and anxiety, <laughs> but obviously you were able to overcome those things because the school board uh, nominated you for the ASBA Edward Parr Award, which is an award that's given out to basically outstanding first-year teachers. So what 
is your secret to being an outstanding teacher? Yeah, well, you know, I don't know if there's any key. Um, to be honest, I think any teacher who goes through their first year and survives it deserves <laughs> <laughs> some kind of award or mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know, because it is difficult. And I guess my my secret would be despite the anxiety or the nerves or, you know, the overwhelming uh, feelings, you mm-hmm. just still go into the classroom every day and give it your all. Mm-hmm. So you kind of put that on the back burner uh, in front of the kids and you know, like you might be feeling it, yeah. but you, you know, sometimes you fake it till you make it, but a lot of the time you just have to go in and do the best that you can with the understanding and the acceptance that it's right. your first time you're going to mess up or things aren't going to go as planned. Mm-hmm. Um, so you just do your best and then try and do better next time and just give it your all. Right. Um, despite what's going on. So as a teacher, what kind of things do you see students doing? And, and in your mind, it kind of makes you think like, yeah, I'm doing the right thing. Like I've, I've been a good teacher yeah. this year or, you know, this, this student is doing like what, what things kind of, you know, kind of give you a little boost when you're struggling? Uh, a lot of it's growth. I'm, you know, not every student is going to be getting A's or but if you even see one or two percent or not even percentage if you just see growth like they're taking your feedback or mm-hmm. they they show you that they've learned something or even if um they are handing in an assignment that has been missing all year you know like just <laughs> yeah. those little things yeah. that like you know you're not gonna i mean you might make miracles happen but you know the reality is is that it's the small things mm-hmm. It's not these big, grand things that, that show you that you're doing a good job. It's the little things. You know, and I find, too, like, if you're sitting waiting for the big things, then you might miss the little things, mm, too, right? So yeah. if you're waiting for these big, great things to happen, you might um, feel disappointed. Or, like, you might let all these little things go when really it's the little things that you should celebrate, too, mm-hmm. for your sake, but also for the students, right? right. Like recognize that handing in an essay or finishing an essay even though it might be late or (laughs) at the end of the semester like you know they did it and that should Mm -hmm. be uh, that should be um celebrated Mm -hmm. so coming out to glendon and being part of northern lights public schools is there anything that you've you've learned or experienced that you just really couldn't have anticipated happening oh there's a lot um i didn't realize how different I guess Northern Alberta in general is from where <laughs> yeah. I grew up. I mean, I didn't yeah. grow up in the city. I grew up in a small town, but it's where did still, you grow up? I grew up in Millet, Alberta, okay. so okay. just half hour south of the city. Mm-hmm. But you come up here, and it's just it's different in the sense of like there's so much more sense of community. Yeah. Um, even the hobbies are different. Like maybe one or two kids that I went to high school with hunted. Maybe one or two farmed. Right. It wasn't caught here. It's like it's a whole different culture, and and um, I just couldn't. I. I knew that it'd be different, but I don't think I anticipated just how different it would be. Yeah, it really is. I, I grew up on Vancouver Island, you know, where it's just super light and breezy all the time and no one really takes anything too seriously. Nobody really hunts. Mm-hmm. Nobody, well, there's dairy farmers. That's about it. And so, yeah, when I came out here, it was just completely different lifestyle, really. Mm-hmm. So I can yeah. definitely see <laughs> where, where you're coming from on that. All right. Well, awesome. Thank you, Brittany. Thank you.
This year, over 20 new teachers were hired in Northern Lights Public Schools, and we had orientation with them just before the start of the school year. And now I'm sitting here with uh, Bill Dreger, who is the Associate Superintendent of System Improvement, and we're going to talk a little bit about some of the resources that we have in place to help new teachers kind of find their footing in the division and to be able to um, do their job fully as, as a new teacher in Northern Lights Public Schools. Bill, thanks for coming. Hey, my pleasure. Look forward to it. So tell me about, about, the, about the new teacher induction program and what that involves. So Northern Lights uh, prides itself in providing a lot of supports for new teachers. And while there's a lot of supports that are available at the school site, we also have somewhat of a jurisdictional approach. Uh, maybe I should start by talking about the purpose as to why we do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're looking to minimize disruption of learning opportunities for students. Right. Uh, we are very intent on making sure that we have great learning opportunities for students. Uh, bringing new teachers on board is an exciting time for us. We want to make sure that we offer them every opportunity uh, to be successful in the classroom, mm-hmm. uh, for their instruction to be seamless so that our students truly benefit from that whole process as well. So that's probably our, our key purpose. Uh, we also want to make sure that we offer and model a, a, a culture of care and support mm-hmm. that uh, to our new teachers. Uh, they've joined something special. There's a lot of people around them that care about them. We expect them, in turn, uh, to turn around and provide that to their uh, students as well. Right. We model, and they do the same thing in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, uh, there's a few more purposes. Uh, we want to provide professional development on effective instructional practices. We also want to decrease stress and workload for new teachers. That's good. <laughs> uh, teaching is a difficult job, there's mm-hmm. no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. A very, very rewarding job, but also a t- challenging job. And uh, new teachers stepping into a classroom, with uh, 15 to 25 students in front of them, that's a daunting task. It can be intimidating, I'm And sure, it's yeah. not just about man- management. In the end, we want kids to be learning as well. So we want to make sure that we talk about effective uh, instructional practices and also decrease their, uh, their, their stress and workload as well. Uh, lastly, we want to make uh, Northern Lights really a destination of choice for new teachers. Mm-hmm. We want uh, students that graduate from university institutions in Alberta and right across the country to think that going to Northern Lights will provide them a wonderful opportunity to learn, to be supported, and to be very, very successful in making a difference in the lives of students. Okay. So let me share just a few key points of our new teacher induction program. There's really four key pieces. The first one is we welcome. The second one is uh, we orientate, then we support. And finally, we mentor. Okay. So if I can talk just very briefly about those uh, four pieces. Absolutely. We welcome is that piece that happens to a teacher right after hiring and before they really get settled into their job, sort of before that first day of school. So these are things that have already happened then to these new teachers. That's right. Okay. And so that will include everything from the signing, the process of signing contracts and making sure that they've got their user agreement signed, having conversations with principals about the community, about the school, mm-hmm. uh, getting their keys, understanding where the class classroom is, all those pieces that fundamentally principals do uh, throughout the province and throughout the country, we just want to make sure we do that very well. Mm-hmm. And we do that very intentionally so that these teachers feel supported and feel encouraged when they join us. So that's that whole we welcome piece. Okay. The uh, we orientate piece is that, uh, uh, that, that process that we talked about earlier where I believe it was on Tuesday we brought all of our new teachers mm-hmm. uh, into a central location. We had a board member there, we had our superintendent there, we had our lead teachers or our coaches present as well. And so the morning really was at that introduction piece where we in- introduced the new teachers, 
Um, in fact, it was the principals who were introducing the new teachers to other folks in the, in the room as well, welcoming them to the school and to the division. Uh, that was followed by some key messages of support and encouragement from, uh, from a board chair, mm-hmm. from the ATA local president as well, and a few other members, including the superintendent. But the afternoon is really about helping them prepare for first day, first week, first right. month. Uh, we, uh, we revitalized this particular orientation day. Uh, we believe likely we can continue to improve that, but we think we had a really good start in making sure that our teachers feel that they're ready, or at least starting to feel that they're ready for the kids as they come into mm-hmm. their classroom on that Tuesday after Labor Day. Right. The, uh, the next piece is called We Support. Uh, we pride ourselves in uh, what we do for all of our teachers, but mm-hmm. certainly our new teachers as well. We have about eight coaches in our jurisdiction. Those are other teachers that will be spending time with these new teachers to make sure that they uh, feel supported, to help them with uh, different uh, pedagogical strategies, uh, different issues, uh, management techniques, and and so on. We're calling that at Elbow PD. So it's not just pull out, it is coaches spending time with the teacher in the classroom to to sort of have that learning together process. Uh, Having said that, we are gonna have at least two callback days where we pull all of our first-year teachers back together and we have some professional development for them that will be just-in-time professional development. Okay. You know, you've been in school now for, for two months or a month. Mm-hmm. What challenges are you facing? Right. How can we help you? What would help you do your job better to make sure that all students have success in your classroom? Mm-hmm. And then finally, we have uh, we mentor. Right. And certainly that mentoring piece uh, is something that's really, really important. Schools do a fantastic job of providing a lot of informal supports. Uh, to their to their new teachers. What we're wanting to do is formalize a process just a little bit to ensure that every teacher has a mentor. What's important to us then is supporting that mentor to ensure that they have the skills uh, to properly mentor these new teachers so okay. they feel supported in their role as well. Uh, the mentors and the new teachers, that relationship will be fine. What do the mentors need to make sure that they have uh, what it takes, so they have the proper skills, the proper resources, uh, the, the, the ideas, I guess, to make sure that they are providing that just-in-time support mm-hmm. for new teachers as well. Uh, we're really excited with the mentoring uh, uh, process. We're collecting names of mentors as we speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got uh, most of the new, new teachers have uh, mentors assigned to them already, and now we need okay. to take it to the next level. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, you, you come in and, you know, I'm sure you have all kinds of expectations of, you know, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. But being able to actually have someone who's who, who knows the ropes already to come and kind of help you along, I think that's a good way to maybe not feel overwhelmed yeah. and kind of get uh, a, a dose of, of what's really going to happen. And really, it's not just about the strategies. Mm-hmm. That's a key piece, and it's very important. But every school has a unique flavor to right. it. There's, yeah. there's a culture. There's a culture within the community. There's a culture within the school. And so the conversation should be around what does a Christmas program look like? Right, yeah. Uh, when do I participate from uh, as far as uh, coaching or leading mm-hmm. cubs, uh, clubs and those kind of things? Um, what, uh, what happens at parent-teacher interviews? What happens at report card time? Um, what should I know about the community? How do I make sure that I, I build relationships within the community? It's mm-hmm. those kind of conversations that we want these mentors to, to have as well. Right. Uh, we think that's very important. Uh, if we can take care of those supports for our teachers and provide that, that instructional coaching that we talked about earlier as well, I, I think our, our um, new teachers will be well supported. You've got to remember on top of all that, we've got fantastic principals right, in the yeah. schools 
that in turn are offering support mm-hmm. and that are meeting. We also have a lot of other collaborative processes in place. We have other teacher teams that are happening. So there's a number of different supports in place. We just want to make sure that we have that systematic process in mm-hmm. place so that every new teacher coming to our jurisdiction has that mentor, has right. that instructional, clo- uh, uh, instructional coach in the classroom. Uh, spend some time with us on that orientation day so they feel really supported. And in the end, of course, it's all about what kind of a a climate, what kind of a success can we build for our students in the classroom. Mm -hmm. These new teachers, they bring excitement. They bring new ideas. They bring Mm -hmm. new energy. School divisions need them. So so really, it's a reciprocal piece. They're looking for employment. They're looking to make a difference in the lives of students. We're looking for that that new energy, those new ideas. Mm -hmm. And it's a really good relationship there. In that process, we want to make sure that they feel they're successful, that they're supported, so that our kids, like I said before, can be supported in the classroom as well. Awesome. Thanks, Bill. You're welcome. Now, let's shift gears and head out to Loch Lubish. Brittany and Glennon gave us some fantastic insight into what goes through a new teacher's head when they first start to teach. But what about a new principal? Connell Donovan has been the principal of J.A. Williams High School for uh, not too long of a time, and he's agreed to meet with me today to talk about what it's like to be a new principal. Connell, thanks for taking the time to meet with me today. Oh, my pleasure. So how long have you been a principal at JAWS? Uh, I've been principal for just under two years now. Um, And before that, I was an assistant principal here for six years, Mm -hmm. and uh, I taught English here at JAWS my entire career before that. Okay. And where did you go to school? Uh, I went to school in uh, Nova Scotia. Okay. Um, I did my undergrad at Dalhousie University and then off to Mount St. Vincent University for my um, Bachelor of Education. Okay. So how did you end up here in Loch Labish? Uh Well, years ago, back when I was a university student at the Mount, as they called it, um, me and a couple other future teachers I uh, went to recruitment fair in Prince Edward Island, mm-hmm. and Northern Lights was there. Uh, I met with dozens of divisions from across Canada over a few days, and what stood out was Northern Lights' commitment to hire only the best and most enthusiastic educators. Which you were confident that you were the best. Yeah, I'm I was sure, definitely, I uh, yeah, young kids, <laughs> they know everything, right? Yes, yes, they do. And there was just such a, a strong focus on continued teacher professional development. And they continue to highlight it. It was a priority because, uh, well, they made it clear that supporting their teachers and their educational assistants and their support staff was the best way to support kids and their families. So um, that's why I believe that Northern Lights has the best leadership, the best educators and the best students because it's a system-wide growth mindset Mm. with a real belief in finding success for every kid. And so Mm -hmm. that's what drew me um, to interview for a position and that's what... uh, made me pack my bags and head out west. Mm-hmm. So fast forward to when you became principal at JAWS just a couple of years ago, you said. What are some of the things that you've learned in your role and maybe some things that um, have been challenging? Um, well, I've definitely learned to listen to understand before mm-hmm. speaking to be understood. I mean, running a school means managing a hundred different little jobs each day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one constant is uh, supporting the staff and the students and the families that you're working with in whatever ways that I can. And so that means you really have to truly hear them out. Mm-hmm. Um, and this kind of carries over into how we as a team try to lead this school. Um, the voice of my teachers and our support staff inform all of our site-based systemic decisions. 
and just as important uh, to us as gathering the student voice. Right. So it's been critical in helping the teachers, our admin team, and our division in kind of moving forward to um, best meet the needs of our youth and their communities as they step forward into the world of work or post-secondary education. Can you share a, a highlight or two from your career as principal at JAWS? Well, uh, on a regular basis, the most rewarding thing about the job is seeing the kids graduate, mm -hmm. uh, but later on seeing how they are actually prepared to move on to these greater challenges. Mm -hmm. Like just the other day, I was uh, requested to provide a reference for a former student who's entering medical school okay. um, with a commitment to actually return to remote rural communities uh, to practice medicine. Right, yeah. Um, and uh, another call I got was a reference check for a former student to run a recreation program in Saskatchewan. Oh, very cool. Uh, former students actually work in the early childhood education center where I drop off my kids every day. <laughs> um, I used to teach them, and now they're, they're with my kids. So just it's rewarding to see that they're, out, they're kind of working to make their communities a better place. Um, one particularly um, story that has stuck with me recently um, Last year, our culinary arts instructor, Chef Raj, and I were approached by our superintendent to, to see if we might be able to implement a hot lunch program at Vera Well School. Mm -hmm. uh, with the support of Vera and division office and, of course, that provincial funding, um, the Vera Nutrition Program was born, and we're really proud of that. Um, we have several students who are taking like, advanced foods or culinary arts courses or work experience and even one registered apprenticeship. Um, and they work with Chef Raj uh, to help do the prep work. They learn about commercial cooking. They're doing job safety, sanitation, and they're really experiencing the demands of working in a fast-paced service mm -hmm. industry. And they're earning credits while doing this. Um, they're preparing meals, uh, helping the chef get ready to serve our students here, but also over 300 K-3 to kids at Vera. And one of those uh, JAWS students in particular, uh, he was uh, kind of at risk of dropping out. Mm -hmm. He hadn't really found anything at the school to be passionate about. He's a good kid, uh, but he just needed to find his purpose, mm -hmm. uh, something that would drive him to work hard because if he couldn't see value in what he was doing, right. you weren't going to get any work out of him. Right, yeah. But he worked a little bit in the kitchen at first, but then I uh, deliberately took him over uh, to do the delivery one day, and he and I did the delivery together. I brought oh, him along to Vera. Okay. Yeah, and... I had him handing out the trays, bring them to the service station to some of his former elementary school teachers. Mm -hmm. And uh, we stayed there and we watched them uh, go through the whole process. So we watched as the kindergarten students were lining up and you can see the big smiles on their faces, mm -hmm. filling their plates and filling their bellies. That high school kid, he was grinning ear to ear for the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. And uh, he might not become a chef someday, but he experienced firsthand how all that hard work comes together in right. such a rewarding way. And really, high school students are here to find themselves. Um, and when you can set up a situation where the students learn, not just math or English, but they learn about themselves mm -hmm. and what their future could hold, I mean, that's really what's rewarding about being at a high school. Right. And, and something like that kind of shows, you know, that's a program that you wouldn't necessarily think as one that would you know, help a, a struggling student, you know, it's, oh, it's a health and wellness focus initiative, right? You know, it's going to improve the health of our students and the elementary school students. And, you know, and that's great. But, you know, you, you've seen firsthand how even something that maybe that wasn't the initial goal has been able to help a student. 
Absolutely. Like sometimes when you're doing schoolwork, it's hard to see how mm-hmm. everything pays off. Mm-hmm. And this was a really concrete thing that he got to see when he was watching those kids. So um, these kinds of experiences we're trying to create more of at the high school. So we have right. uh, more varied you know, choices and experiences for kids to find their place, to find their place in the world. Mm-hmm. Really. That's awesome. If if there was one or two things that you could say to students or parents or community members kind of at the start of the school year, some things maybe you'd want them to know or, or keep in mind, what would some of those things be? Uh, first and foremost, um, believe in yourself mm-hmm. uh, that you can do it and that you have uh, the potential to do great things in your life. And trust that your teachers are here to bring you along the way. So when you build those relationships with your your teachers and when parents build relationships with the teachers, um, the the children have so much um, more success. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the biggest thing as you're walking into high school. um, A lot of teenagers feel that grownups are the enemy. Right. (laughs) But really, at at this school, and I know at our other schools in Northern Lights, there's people here who are here every day to make sure that you have a future. Mm-hmm. And they're not here for a paycheck. They're not here um, for anyone else other than to to build up these young people in mm-hmm. a way that they can actually step out the doors when they leave us and have good lives, have productive lives, and you know have lives that contribute to the amelioration of our community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Connell. Okay. Yeah, no problem. And now let's wrap up with one of our longest serving educators in the division. Dana Robb is the principal of Vera M. Welsh Elementary School in Loch Labish. And Dana has been an employee of Northern Lights Public Schools longer than some, we will say, who have been at the division. Dana, thanks for taking the time to meet with me today. No problem. So tell me about, first off, going Back to before you were even uh, a teacher, what kind of made you want to get into teaching in the first place? Um, Well, um, I I grew up in Lac La Biche, Mm -hmm. and I attended the schools uh, that are in Lac La Biche. But I I actually had uh, three influential people who uh, all sort of pointed me to say that this I think I can do that I looked up to them Mm -hmm. when I was a student as many people do and um, and and they were important in my life Um, none of them are teachers but um, they uh, were people who who recognized that I could be a teacher and and do what I uh, follow my passion Mm -hmm. Um, I started as a phys ed teacher and uh, and that was where sort of my I guess my strengths were and I was looking either at moving into recreation or education right. and during the uh, the summer I think I was 14 I was swimming I did my bronze cross then I went and did an instructor course for uh, Red Cross and started teaching swimming lessons okay. and the fact that I think I was 16 or 17 and I was teaching people how to swim I thought hmm I think I can do this mm-hmm. yeah so so you kind of even had a uh, an earlier access to, to teaching kind of got a maybe a taste for it even as a as a teenager yeah and you you mentioned that you went to school here in in Loch Labish as in well in Loch Labish yeah so when you became a teacher was it something that you had in your mind that you wanted to come back here and teach as well um 
you know, I never ever, I guess I never thought that far in advance. I just knew I was going to be a teacher. Mm -hmm. Um, When I was in university, I came back for the summers and I did the summer program, the rec program. But then after I finished my third year university, uh, there used to be a program way back in the 70s. And I, uh, I would go into schools and I wasn't a um, substitute teacher mm-hmm. and I wasn't a teacher. I was like an intern. Okay. And I got paid $10 a day okay. <laughs> and I got to work right alongside teachers. I wasn't a teacher's aide. Um, and so I worked with Don Bollinger for two years. Don Bollinger used to be the principal here at, at Dr. Swift. Okay. And so through those years of university, I, I really just saw myself as a junior high teacher and okay. thought that that gave me the, the you know the opportunity and so um, originally um, when I graduated from university I actually was in Italy and and my husband but boyfriend back then mm-hmm. was um, you know we weren't sure where we were going to move and in 1978 there were not a lot of teaching jobs any place in Alberta right. it was actually kind of slim and so I wasn't even sure if I was going to come back to Alberta to teach mm-hmm. and um, and I just flew back from Italy and I was in San Francisco and got a phone call that Mr. Deutscher our superintendent phoned and I actually had a my first job at Vera Welsh teaching grade five and in that grade five class was Rob Wicker the principal (laughs) at Aurora Middle School so and I'm going I'm not a grade five teacher I'm a junior high teacher and very very quickly I had to realize that a teacher a teacher teaches everything and Mm -hmm. you just don't always teach one grade and so what year was that? Then? That was in 1978. In Sept- It was August or September of 1978. I started teaching at Vera Welsh. Mm-hmm. And, where um, you're now the principal. And where I'm now the principal and it's K to four. And uh, But by December of that year, uh, at, at Dr. Swift, the phys ed teacher ha- was on a met was a medical leave mm-hmm. unplanned, and they hadn't found some to replace them. They knew that I had the training and okay. felt that they could get an elementary teacher in to t- take my spot, and mm-hmm. and I could move over to Swift. And I then taught for 23 years at Dr. Swift Middle School. Uh, it was junior high middle school, mm-hmm. and the the grades range there at, at first grade seven eight and then we were seven eight nine mm-hmm. and then when we became northern lights we were six seven eight and in my first class uh, I, as a phys ed teacher uh laurie thompson miss laurie thompson uh yeah. she was in she was in in school then and so i did teach her phys ed I also, Mr. McGrabby, Terry McGrabby, associate superintendent, was in that <laughs> class at that time. And um, Mr. Skoglin, who teaches yeah. in Kaslin, yeah. was also, um, I also went through those halls in those early years. In, in, in recent years, other teachers and administrators mm-hmm. were people that I also taught, like Allison Nowicki. Right. So you're the principal of Vera M. Welsh. Yep. You've also taught the principal of Aurora Middle School. Yes. And Terry was the principal of yes. Jaws as well, and the principal of Kikino. Yes. That's like I I would just if I had my resume I would just put those points yeah. on my resume and say 
There you go. Like, look for yourself. Yes, <laughs> yes. developing t- uh, leadership capacity. Yes, yes. That, that must be something that you're exceptional at. Now, surely a lot of things have changed since you began uh, teaching in 1978. Now, if we just take a quick look back, uh, 1978, the top movie of the year was Greece. Uh, Pierre Trudeau was the prime minister, and the Edmonton Oilers were only six years old at that point. What are some of the things, looking back at your career mm-hmm. um, as a teacher and as an administrator, what are some of the biggest things that you've noticed that have changed? Um, the the biggest, uh, there's a couple of big, big par- um, parts to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the first thing is uh, supporting students. Um, uh, I think our whole province, not just Alberta Ed, but Alberta Health, and just the the focus on the child right. and not so much on the curriculum, that we support children better, um, students better. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I can remember as a student and even as a, a, a teacher that um, children would fail and they would hold children back right. and that in in my grade three class uh, you know I was eight years old and there were 12 year olds in there mm. and it just it did it wasn't what's best for children whereas now I think that lens of what's best for children and how do we support them in other ways and I think about <clears throat> we're in a k-3 to school right. and we have a full-time student advocacy counselor we have a, a full-time wellness worker here we have two trained individuals who just focus on the emotional and um, uh, well-being of children. Mm-hmm. Um, as a phys ed teacher, I knew, and phys ed is a, is a, a uh, assessment, or not, pardon me, a course, a required course. Um, so I knew that would always stay there. Right. I do know, you know, Alberta Ed now says you must have it till at least grade nine and mm-hmm. stuff. But we have we have better wraparound services. Uh, also, as the years have changed, um, where it used to be called special ed, it's called inclusive ed, yeah. and changing the mindsets. Um, probably the other big area is the area of professional development. Uh, when I started. Uh, I didn't get to say, oh, I need to know more about this. Mm-hmm. It was um, everybody's going to learn about this. Right. And because we know what's best for you. Mm-hmm. Whereas now uh, there are individual teacher growth plans and teachers say, I'm looking, I'm going to look at the TQS and I'm going to say, this is where I need to improve my practice. And um, and Northern Lights has probably been a leader in the province of supporting uh, teacher professional development and creating things like professional partnership teams mm-hmm. and then and then building on PLCs yeah mm-hmm. those are huge okay what are some uh, one or two maybe experiences that you've had in your career where you've really felt that what you've done has has made a difference hmm Oh wow! I know it's probably tough to to, to, to narrow nail a couple. It down. Well, yeah. I just named all those administrators, yeah. but <laughs> yeah, no, uh, um, you know, I think some of the coolest things are now being coming back and being the principal here, mm-hmm. and and I we have I'm into the third generation now. Right of of, of students. Mm-hmm. So grandmothers are saying, "Oh, 
you're still teaching? <laughs> oh, we know Mrs. Rob. Oh, we're happy that we're she's coming. Uh, that our kids are going to be in, in this school. Mm-hmm. Or, and so, um, in in Vera Welsh, uh, we have a lot of emphasis on building relationships, making connections with people. Right. That's the most important thing. It's the first time they're entering public education, and we want to make sure there's really strong connections because we're looking at the whole child and not just worried about curriculum Mm -hmm. and so and so i I, um well even today i had um uh, the the grandma the auntie it was meet the teacher today grandma auntie uh, the mom and now the little one going into grade one and they all came in and mm-hmm. all of them have gone to to Vera Welsh too right. so that's you know this is a familiar building and and they're all smiling and we're greeting them at the door and it's mm-hmm. just really really exciting right and or else many times uh, when they come here the mom goes oh so and so, Mrs. Rob was my teacher too. Yeah. So you, you're gonna like it here, mm-hmm. and because uh, any new experience for young children, there's a little bit of anxiety. So mm-hmm. any kinds of connections we can make are good. Mm-hmm. So it's even not not just the school that kind of gives that like w- the welcoming sense, but you know, like you said, when when a parent can say, oh, like. I know who your your teacher or your principal is because they taught me. Right. I'm, I like you said that must be comforting to especially you know like the young students who are coming in and you know new environment, new experiences, and you know and the parent can kind of comfort them and say, no, it's you know it's I I understand and totally I, I know who the people I get it yeah you know totally totally and then we're actually really excited because. Uh, the the care to learn preschools mm-hmm. just moved into uh, into our building. Right. They were in a separate uh, portable, but and so even then now we're making new connections. And sisters and brothers are here, mm-hmm. and and uh, we really it's really critical to us. And then to, today it's also. Um, you know, the grade threes that left us are coming back with their sisters or brothers right. and they're hesitant and this is, and but then they see their kindergarten teacher and they give them a hug mm-hmm. and, the, and then they look at us and we go, come over here for a hug yeah. and they'll still give it to us. Um, um, other, other times, um, I've, uh, some of the, another time that was really uh, a special for me was when I was a teacher and at the middle school you may not see the same kinds of growth mm-hmm. academically and everything but you see other kinds of growth with people and I always thought okay this is the kind of teacher I am um, you know and, and I know when my students do well but I remember um, seeing a parent when I was traveling and they had moved away and uh them saying what you did for our son that year that he was in your class in grade eight changed his life yeah and so and he became an engineer and that Mm. wouldn't happen so those those are always cool stories but every teacher has those right and so uh, i mean every year we hear stories like that Mm -hmm. well here's to uh, another almost 40 years maybe (laughs) (laughs) Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> not maybe not yeah. not yeah. quite. Uh, yeah. But thanks, Dana. Thanks for your time and sitting down talking to me today. No problem. If you have a story that you think should be featured on Northern Lives, send us an email at northernlives at nlsd.ab.ca, or track us down on social media at nlsd69. My name is Dallin. And thanks for listening.